Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for it. and welcome to another episode of what do you want to talk about on notlg.com my name is john and i am joined by my good friend taylor taylor different hey intro there. different intro i know, I know. <laughs> how I are you different. i'm i'm doing all right uh just uh chugging along through this shelter in place era in which we live how are you doing i am i'm doing i'm doing pretty good let's just go right. with pretty good <laughs> nothing that's the best no, you can hope for sometimes right yeah nothing to nothing yeah. to complain about uh just having a a a decent tuesday as we record this yeah yeah so taylor how do we know each other pretty well <laughs> no, I mean, oh, 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 gotcha. Yeah, no. Um, let's see. We uh, met, it was the holiday season at Barnes & Noble 2006. Holy moly. I know. Wow. Um, and uh, my life had gotten flipped, turned upside down, and I started working at Barnes & Noble. And you were working there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. We found common ground. We found Lost. Lost, yeah, is basically what what we found. I feel was yeah. our first uh, kind of thing we would speak about at all at all times. Yeah, definitely the the kind of water cooler talk. Oh yeah, a- absolutely. Every <laughs> every every week mm-hmm. was just another. And then I mean the other the other thing that was just crazy about that was the alternate reality game that went around along with it, I think yes. was also a big factor. That was a big factor. And they would drop little hints and like make these websites you could go to and yeah, all that stuff. Oh, it was the best. Really hasn't been a show like lost ever since. No, I don't think there has honestly. I don't, yeah, I don't think there has, which is, is, I mean, I guess, eh, I don't know if it makes sense, but you know, I wish there was a show that would do an an alternate reality game like it's been that. A while. Yeah, because yeah, that was just like that. that was just a huge part of just being in that fandom. Well, and that's something you you really enjoy. What other sort of things like that have popped up? Yes, you've really glommed onto it. Like I think I think jumping forward quite a bit i think when i first realized you were into some pretty weird woo woo stuff was like dude have you heard of this cicada 3301 thing oh man yes yeah oh my god the cicada between that and oh god what was it unlimited breadsticks on instagram yeah that was another one the weird stuff that that dude was posting yeah which never really became anything but you know, it was like pictures embedded in sound and, you know, you and I were, went nuts kind of trying to decode some of this stuff. Yeah. And I don't think it actually ever went anywhere, mm-hmm. which is I, kind I of, I mean, bold. I'm convinced I was just going to say, I was kind of convinced that I'm convinced now that it was just somebody just like mucking around with like making those things just, just to go like, I'm learning how to encode a picture in 
right. sound. Let's just post it up here and see if people figure it out. See, see if what I test actually works. Yes. And I mean, may, yeah, maybe they went on to something bigger and better using that. Yeah, who knows? I have certainly not heard about it. No, I have not either. Man, unlimited breadsticks. We had a Google Drive folder. We did. <laughs> with unlimited breadstick stuff. Just throwing stuff into like Photoshop and tweaking the levels because, you know, there'd be negative images and stuff that's flipped in there and and... Yeah, string strings of uh, um, like GPS code. Yes. Oh, yeah. Trying to find locations and stuff. It was it was bizarre. It was. It was very bizarre. And I think um, that brings us to my question. Yeah. Taylor, what do you want to talk about? Um, In so much as it can be encompassed in a single podcast recording, I want to talk about the paranormal. The phenomenon, yes. as a, as a, as I like to call it, the all encompassing, right. um, and every time that I've tried to kind of structure a discussion in my head, it has failed miserably. Oh boy! Um, yeah, because it covers so much. Um, but I think one of the things that I'll cover as we talk about this is how I've gone from thinking that none of these different things are connected, you know, at Bigfoot and UFOs and, and, and ghosts and everything else, um, to how absolutely everything is connected. Ah, yes. yes. Um, and, and how I came to that, that revelation and how my life has changed since having that revelation. Yeah. I feel like this, this will be a very uh, hellier heavy Discussion. A little bit, yeah. For those for those of you listening who also listen to us on Podcastica, you have heard us rave time and time again about this so far fifteen part documentary, yes, uh, called Hellier, which I listened to about six hours worth of episodes today, just because I ran out of podcasts. Oh wow, yeah, I've converted all the MP4s to MP3s, so I can just listen to episodes. Yes. Like I was listening to uh, podcasts. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, John, let me ask you, have you ever had an experience with the unexplained? Yeah, um, I, I think that the, the only thing that I can, I can recall is the, is the uh, sleep paralysis thing. Oh, okay. So I've had the thing where like you wake up and you can see something like, like red eye kind of th- stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have wow. I've experienced that once in my life, and that's probably Word. the the most insane thing that I I think I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, how old were you when that happened? Oh, I, I'm very sure I was working at Barnes and Noble. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. So okay. I would say more recently than you know, like when I was like ten or something like that. Right. It's not like you were a little kid. No. Kind of thing. You were an adult. Okay. Fair. Yeah, and I think the only other thing, I feel like I texted you when I thought I ha- I was seeing a UFO. I feel like I texted you once. It was like the middle of the day. I was still living in Campbell, and I was driving to my parents' house. I feel like I texted you. I think you had moved they, by then. Yeah, you might have. And, I mean, it was just kind of hanging up there, not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could, I didn't have my my UFO buddy to <laughs> in the area to confirm. <laughs> I think you might have, 
I think that was the first time you introduced me to the sightings site. Oh yeah, UFO stalker. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that was the first time, and I think I I trolled it for a little bit to see if anybody else reported it. I never reported yeah. it. But um, yeah, I do remember that, and it, and it's and it's weird because I feel like not not too long around that I had my first of only two ever in my entire almost 44 years of life ufo dream oh i've literally only had two dreams in which i see a ufo interesting for as much as i've you know been into this stuff since i was a kid you know watching the x-files listening to you know episodes of art bell's coast to coast am Mm -hmm. on a really staticky radio um (laughs) you know i haven't um I, I honestly, I haven't had a lot of, you know, what I would consider truly weird and unexplained experiences. Um, I do kind of believe I saw a UFO. Mm. Um, I talked to you and Lauren about it on Podcastico in yes. last August. Yes. Now there's in the Bay Area, there's lots of air traffic. Yes. Right. So I, I see planes in the sky all the time. Oh, yeah. And I was driving to work one morning. I dropped the kids at school and I was driving down to San Jose to work. And I'm coming up over um, one of the one of the passes, one of the hills mm-hmm. uh, on the highway. And it's all stop and go because we're merging. Um, and so I just I just happen to look up for whatever reason, just kind of, you know, hunker down on the steering wheel and kind of look up in the sky. And here is it was up pretty high now i mean i've obviously i've seen jets higher than this so right. you know I, i'm not going to ballpark um a, a an elevation uh that this thing was at or an altitude that this thing was at mm-hmm. um but it it didn't seem shaped like a jet like even when a jet is way way up high yeah you can kind of tell that that kind of you know swept wing you know delta shape of a plane mm-hmm. this I hate to say it looked like a Tic Tac. I mean, this, this was <laughs> white. This was uh, slightly oblong. Um, and sadly it didn't do anything really bizarre in terms of maneuvering. It held a very steady, very straight uh, path. Um, mm. And I did my best to do a little bit of research uh, using like flight tracker sites to see what could have been in the area on that day at roughly that time. And the only thing that came close was a flight from like Singapore to LA. Oh yes. Yes. And I remember you saying even, that. Yeah. Even then it likely wasn't as inland as I was. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. There's so much air traffic in the Bay area that I'm like, it probably was a plane. I was just seeing it at a really weird angle. Right. But there wasn't any noticeable sign of wings. So crazy. So I'm I'm on the fence about it. Yeah. Um beyond that, I mean I didn't really have any experience as a kid, but I did see a shadow person in my house one time. Oh. The one that I live in now. Oh. And I had literally had just woken up in bed and at not quite the foot of our bed, because there's a dresser there, but you know, obviously on the other side of the dresser. You know, you know, the, the, um, what, like the crosswalk signs, 
right? Saying that yes. there's a crosswalk coming up and there's that kind of just stick figure yes. that's in the process of walking. It kind of looked like one of those and it went very quickly from right to left into the wall. Interesting. And I, it was one of the, I'd never seen anything like that before. And I've never seen anything like that since. Um, this is probably last September, I think. Wow. Um, and I did, I, I, I was able to pay attention enough to kind of see on the wall kind of where its head was. And I later went with a measuring tape and kind of held it about there. It was about 53 inches high. Huh. It's about four and a half feet tall. Okay. Yeah. So it was weird, but it literally looked like this stick figure off the sign. Interesting. It didn't, it didn't look like a full corporeal kind of human. It was, it was a road sign stick figure. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That's so crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. But the weirdest thing this, I mean, this shook me a little bit is that one evening Again, this was last year sometime because this year's already been like six years long. Yes. Um, good God. Um, it was it was basically bedtime for the kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I need to run. I need to use the bathroom real quick. So I ran back here to our bathroom. Doors closed, obviously. Doing my thing. And I hear like my son's footsteps. Bam, 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 bam. Run past and into our bedroom. And I'm like, oh, I'm taking too long. He thinks he's going to be all sneaky. He's going to jump out behind me. Right. Right. He's done this kind of thing before. So I'm like, I'm ready for it. And it's very clear. I mean, there's no mistaking. This sounded like my kid running down the hall. So I get done and I open the door. And the first thing I do is I walk into our bedroom instead of walking like toward the kitchen because I'm looking for him. Yeah. He's not back there. And I'm like, huh? Okay. So I come out here kind of to where I am right now. And I'm like looking behind chairs and stuff. I'm like, dude, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> and I come out of the living room and everybody's on the couch getting ready for for going to bed. And I'm like, did anybody run back here while I was at the bathroom? And I was like, no. And I'm like, you're seriously like nobody's pulling my leg. And they're like, no, we've all been out here. And I'm like, wow. Okay. All right. I have I have heard disembodied footsteps for the first time in my life. Wow! And now I need to kind of like process that. That's crazy. It is crazy. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But um, for most of my life, everything in terms of the weird, the paranormal, however you want to put it, um, they were always, at least in my mind, compartmentalized, right? Mm-hmm. UFOs were one thing, you know, Bigfoots and other cryptids were another thing. Ghosts were yet another thing, right? They were all in their separate realms. Right. Um, in fact, I will share with you a an interesting uh, UFO experience that my uncle, who is a pilot, had once. Oh. He was the one who actually turned me on to listening to Art Bell. Because there'd be times where, you know, his, his the flights that he was flying would get in, you know, late at night. Then he'd have to drive, you know, home. And so he would listen to this late night, you know, paranormal conspiracy radio show. Um, but he was flying somewhere once. Um, and he and his co-pilot are up. Uh, and it's it's a smaller 
jet. It's not like a 727 or a, you know, right. 730 or seven. This, this is like, you know, turbo prop, you know, kind of a commuter, what they call a puddle hopper, uh, plane, shorter trips. Um, and so they're flying along nighttime. And if you looked out at the left wing, all of a sudden from above, there's a spotlight shooting down onto that wing. Oh my God. As and they're in motion, yeah, right. This isn't just a static thing, they're not parked, they're in motion. That light proceeds to make an arc from the left around the front of the plane to the right wing tip, oh. and then back again, and then shuts off. Wow, yeah, right. That's so strange. Oh my god, yeah. And that was it, they didn't see a craft, there was just something up, up higher, yes. Ooh. shooting basically a spotlight down on them. Wow. As they're traveling. So it's all in motion at the same time. And whatever it is, is literally pacing them. Ugh. I know it, it gives me chills. just talking about it. I know that's too much. I know. I know. But, but yeah, for, for much of my life, everything was compartmentalized. UFOs were crafts from another world, mm-hmm. another star system, whatever. Um, you know, Bigfoot was always just this un, unfound hairy hominid somewhere. Yes. You know, ghosts were clearly just spirits of dead people or, mm-hmm. or, or stone tape theory mm-hmm. type stuff. Um, and it never occurred to me that this stuff was connected, that this stuff could be connected. Right. You know, um, I mean, like I was a big 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 fan of ghost adventures mm-hmm. for a really long time yeah and i I've think seen- we were both watching something at the same what and our friend mel mel who worked at mm-hmm. barnes and noble with us was also huge into one of the ghost hunter shows yeah i feel like yeah. we were all watching them at the same time because yeah right around yeah right around that time 2000 i think 2007 is when like i think what was it ghost hunters was already Ghost Hunters was like air. the big one at the time. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, definitely. Because I, I think they got their start first. And then and then Ghost Adventure started in, I want to say, 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, even, even those shows, which I know that they are produced and they are edited and they add music no matter how much. You know, they're like, it's it's just us and we're the only ones locked down in this place and everything. It's like, look, it, all this stuff gets edited. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I fully accept that for as much real stuff as out there, there's sadly a ton of fake stuff. And that makes all of this really yeah. you know, hard to make sense of. Yeah. Um, but I mean, especially like in the in the early seasons of like ghost adventures i saw some really compelling stuff and the way that i felt like something was really compelling is i it would literally give me chills yeah i would literally get that crawling up my spine feeling and i'd go okay just me looking at this there's no way i could explain that yeah for sure that, that kind of freaks me the flip out you know <laughs> yeah um so yeah so i mean you know watching lots of different ufo shows um, um, watching Lost Ghost shows, finding Bigfoot, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then early 2019 comes around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I 
get wind of, and I, I'm trying to remember exactly where I first heard about it. It, it must have been on Twitter. Um, yeah, I bet. That's, that, that's at least my guess. I mean, I do listen to a ton of podcasts and a lot of them, the vast majority of them um, are, you know, paranormal and phenomena related topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, stuff like Astonishing Legends, Somewhere in the Skies, um, Small Town Secrets. There's just a bunch. Like, that's just a tiny handful <laughs> of the ones that I listen to. Not to mention the one that I, I, I keep trying to pitch you, and this might be as close as we get to doing anything like that. Oh, geez. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, we can revisit that conversation again if you uh, want. I, honestly, I, I, w- I would have to set down one of the two that I do now. Yeah. So, one up, honestly. Yeah, so, so, no. <laughs> yeah. This is the closest we will get to All Night with the Living Geeks. Yes. Um, so, I, I hear about this, this new documentary called Hellier. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, huh, wonder what that's about. And it's like, oh, you know, Kentucky Goblins, this, that, and the other thing. Oh, what was that? Did you just hear that, John? I did hear it. <laughs> I did hear <laughs> was it. Was that on your end? Uh, I don't know, but it was like a clicking. Yeah, it was like pop, 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 pop. Yeah, uh, it, it wasn't as aggressive on my end, but it did happen. <laughs> Ooh, okay. All right. All right. Let's roll with it. Let's <laughs> roll with it. This is going to be interesting. I like this already. I guess that's what we're, what happens when we use web-based uh, technology. Uh, I think it's more a what we what we get when we start talking about the phenomena yes. around electronics. Didn't that also happen at, in Hellier? Weren't they um, talking on the phone and something weird was going on with one of the phones? There probably was. I've I've listened to countless shows where um, you know connections and and calls and stuff drop yeah. in the middle of like getting to something juicy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I don't know what that is. Is that, is that, you know, the government going, no, we don't want, you know, listening in live (laughs) or is that, is that the energy of the person who's excited to talk about it? Is that a manifestation of that energy? I don't know. But yes, I did. I did hear whatever it was. (laughs) Okay. It wasn't just me. No. Oh, I'm no, I will not remove it. Okay, good, good. Um, so yeah. (laughs) I, I, I just, however, however I found out about it, whether somebody was talking about it on a podcast or I saw it on Twitter, um, I, I hear about this documentary called Hellier. Mm. Um, not only that, but it's completely free to watch. Yes. And if you want to, you can just download the episode straight from their site. I'm like, what? Who does this? Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's, and it's like Kentucky Goblins, you know, and I'm familiar with the Hopkinsville a case from 1955 and i'm like mm-hmm. okay I'm, I'm gonna go check this out i'm gonna you know go download the first couple of episodes check them on my phone and i can watch them at work or whatever yeah and in no time at all i'm hooked like this is something completely different understand folks that i'm i'm used to um night vision with bros with faux hawks shouting at ghosts yes um I'm used to um, Bobo and Cliff looking for Bigfoot with night vision and never finding Bigfoot. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm used to watching UFO shows that rehash 
the same talking heads and the same events um, over and over and over again, right? Yeah. A lot of what I'm used to is frankly really stale. I will make no bones about that. And this documentary um, is literally a breath of fresh air. This yeah. is crazy. You know, this, this was, you know, and I've, I've obviously I've since gotten, you know, very involved uh, with this kind of stuff since then, you know, I'm, I'm a patron of uh, uh, Greg and Dana Newkirk's uh, museum of the paranormal and the occult, you know, I'm, I'm in their kind of like Facebook group and stuff. So I'm, I'm a little bit more entrenched in some of the stuff now. So I'm talking about this with hindsight. Um, but even watching this for the first time, it was very cinematic. There wasn't an ounce of night vision. Um, you know, there was a genuine mystery. Yes. Uh, going on. Um, and, and right off the bat, there's this idea running through that, Hey, look, if the UFO people would just talk to the Bigfoot people and the Bigfoot people would just talk to the ghost people. And if all of them would just talk to, you know, witches or whatever, people who study fairies and whatever, yeah. there's so many parallels and like bits of puzzle that fit together better when you look at all of these different things. Yeah. That is really kind of crazy. It's, it's almost shocking when you go, Oh, Oh, wait a second. You know, this kind of thing always happens in or often happens in Bigfoot sightings, but you also see them in like a big handful of UFO sightings. Yeah. Um, and and it just the process of watching this this first like five hour season that they had put out at that point um, was literally transformative to me. Like I, I, I do not mince words when I literally say it changed my life um, just in how I look at all of it um, because I, I for all of my life up to this point I was very much just an armchair uh, uh, fan of this stuff whether it was TV or podcasts or whatever I wasn't even really like reading a ton of books yeah on these topics um, and now I have quite the shelf of books yeah. Um <laughs> I've I've spent a bit and what I can't uh just go and buy. Luckily there's some of this stuff is on archive.org, um, which is a great resource. In fact, I literally just downloaded the rebirth of Pan this afternoon. Oh um, wow. Yeah. So so I'm trying and I'm I knew I was gonna do this kind of terrible job of trying to get out what this change is like. Um but I I started just in my own life being able to see these connections of how I don't want to say how this all fits together. Like it, it comes up with an answer, right? I mean, it's safe to say that the deeper you dive into this kind of stuff, um, the more you go, I have no idea what this stuff is. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of twists and turns and uncertainties. Yeah. But, but then you start, you start seeing patterns and in some of these patterns, you see these kind of weird synchronicities and synchronicities come up a lot in Hellier. Um, would you, would you care to explain? Further? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So a synchronicity, a synchronicity is not just an album by the police. No. No, it is not. It is. Don't get me wrong. Good album. Um, it is a meaningful coincidence. So one person's synchronicity might just be like, eh, you know, to someone else, it might just be like, well, this is a coincidence. Right. You know, and then and then you yourself have a meaningful coincidence. You're like, oh, this has to mean something. Um, so for me, because now put on the spot, I'm trying to think of a good example. Well, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know if, if this is a great example, but I feel like you and I had one recently about Hellier and I think it was with Lauren watching it. I think you had mentioned it to me randomly. Yes. Or I was thinking about it, and then she told me she was going to start watching it randomly. And then I think you messaged me afterwards about, like, I'd say like five, ten minutes later. It was something like that. It was. I wish Twitter was more uh, searchable. Yeah. No, but that was one of those things where, because I, I'll be honest, I I harassed you for a long time to watch this. (laughs) Yes, you did. Um, because I, I knew you had an appreciation for the woo. Like we, we've talked about stuff like Skinwalker Ranch. Oh my God. Yes. Um, um, have you, have you even watched the, the, the show, the, no. the show on history, dude? Is it great? It is. It's, it's, it's on at 10. Oof. All right. It's that, on at 10 tonight. Like I said, when, you when, it, well, yeah, I got to watch these during the day. Cause I can't be too, you know, can't be too freaked out. We've been over this. <laughs> it's true. Yes. Yes. Um, so, so yes, that would be because I, I harassed you for a while. You finally watched it and you were like, Oh my God, dude. Well, what happened with me is I watched the first season and I think the second season had just come out. I, yes. Cause that was just about black Friday of last year. And I, I had watched the first five and then I, I watched all 15 in what, what, what would you say a week? Oh, it was less than that. It was it was like two or three days. Yeah, I uh, I binged the heck you out of those. <laughs> you went you went down the rabbit hole, my friend. I did, and it was uh, yeah, it was it was it was definitely an experience, and I I yeah. I want to I want to revisit it, but I I'm on, I would only like to revisit it when when Lauren. I'm trying to find our conversation. Oh, okay. Um, good luck. Um, but yeah, revisit it like after Lauren has seen it all. Yeah. I think I'd like um, to do and, that and too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it is, it is something that I have rewatched or re-listened to multiple times because going back through it, I notice more and more things. I make more and more connections. And honestly, I personally believe there is something about this body of work that triggers synchronicities in your life that, that, that like, tunes you into making these connections yeah um but i'll give you a perfectly good example um years ago now i make it sound like it's a really really long time but a few years ago um i was introduced to a guy named olaf phillips yes right now good friend of us good friend of the show olaf phillips olaf great guy super nice guy he is the owner and publisher of Paranoia Magazine. Um, go look it up. Support him if you can. Um, but he, I mean, he is deep 
in some of these circles. A lot of the talking heads you see on, on some of these shows, um, you know, in so much, in so far as saying even Giorgio Sukalos of ancient aliens fame and his hair. Um, yeah. Knows him. Um, a lot of authors and stuff. Um, in fact, if you are familiar with Hellier and you have seen it, Ellen Greenfield yes. is published by Paranoia Publishing. Oh, so that's great. Olaf and Alan Greenfield are very, very close friends. So, so here's here's my weird synchronicity, my very first synchronicity with Hellier. Um, a while ago, I mean, it had to at least have been two and a half, almost three years ago now. Olaf is hands me this book. He's like, "Here, dude, you want a weird book? Here's a weird book. It's the secret cipher of the Euphonauts." Ah, yes. And I, and I try to give it a read and it is just strange and esoteric. And I'm like, yeah, this is a weird one, man. And I don't even make my way through it, but I put it up on the bookshelf. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's given me some other books. There's a, there's a good one on the, the men in black that he's given me and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, I forget about it. And then I'm watching Hellier <laughs> and here is the secret cipher of the euphonauts. Yep. And I'm watching it. And I think they first mentioned the book maybe in episode two. And suddenly it's like episode four or five. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait a second. Wait just a second. I, I have this book. Yeah. This, this Terry Rist guy that they're going on about, the interview is in that book. Holy crap. And I run to the bookshelf and I pull this book out and I'm flipping through and, and the whole like, you know, 112 equals ink and black. Yeah, all that kind of stuff that they're literally pulling lines from out of the book. I'm flipping through, and I'm like, "Oh, here it is! Here it is! Oh my God! Yes, there it is!" And so now I'm like, "Well, now I have to read this book. I'm like, I have to push my way through this book and try to make sense out of it." Um, but that's that's part of what Hellier does is it's it's gotten me to read so many things. I bought the Mothman prophecies. I bought a couple other John Keel books. Um, you know, 1966-1967 was was a really weird flap year um, in like the West Virginia, Ohio, uh, Kentucky area. Mm -hmm. Like there was just there's cryptid sightings, UFO sightings, all sorts of strangeness going on. Men in Black. This is where Mothman comes from. Yes, this is where Injured Cold comes from. Um, is this whole um, point in time and this place in space you know this this kind of like um i forget what keel called it like a window area mm -hmm. where strangest just just happens yes. you know i would i would almost argue that skinwalker ranch is a window area yeah like a window you know? to maybe a, a a dimension that is uh, not a mirror dimension but something no but 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 a a um to sound really woo, a thinning of the veil. Yes. Right. A, a place where. Where two, two universes meet. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Kind yeah. of like that. Exactly. Um, as exactly as something we don't understand can possibly be. Right. But, but here's the weird thing, right? So 1966, 1967, right? Mm -hmm. You go back to 1896, 1897, and there was just this incredible, like, wave of airship sightings. The mystery, yeah, the mystery airships. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
you know, there, there was even a supposed UFO crash in a small town in Texas. And I want to say it was 1897. Um, and, and, and they buried the little guy in their cemetery. Yes. You know, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a cycle. I would argue it's a cycle. We have these airship sightings in 1896, 1897. We get all the weirdness, um, and, and Mothman and stuff in 66, 67, basing it just off those two. I want to see what 2036 and 2037 hold. Yeah. It's going to be another 70 years. Yes. And the, um, it was in Aurora, Texas. That's right. Thank you. Uh, and the, the plot was given a Christian burial in the mm-hmm. town cemetery. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it, um, man, it just, you start, you start making these connections, um, and you start kind of seeing how these things can fit together. Um, and you start reading these books that they're using as, as, as research material. Um, and you, you start making a lot of these connections on your own. Um, so yeah, it, it just, it's weird. And I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to, I'm glad I didn't have a beer tonight because <laughs> I'm like, I would be all over the place right uh, now. But, 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 uh, okay. So let's, let's tie in a little bit of, of, uh, Mothman injured cold with a little bit of Hellier. And then let me take it into a weird direction. All right. So, so, um, for those who don't know the story of Ender Cold, I'll do it real quickly. Um, basically, this this I think sewing machine repair guy, Woodrow Derenberger, is driving home from a long day on the road um, in November of '66, mm-hmm. and a um, a spaceship that looks kind of like a kerosene lamp turned on its side, yeah, basically passes him on the freeway, doesn't put on its blinker, parks itself in front of him across the road, because. Um, spaceships don't have blinkers um yes this, this guy gets out and he comes up to woody derenberger's truck um and they have an exchange um they talk um i think it might have even been telepathically yes uh, because he uh he he has a grin on his face right yes he's he's basically just kind of like smiling at him yes the whole time um basically is like hey what's that that down there is like oh it's that's that's a city um yeah and they're like what do you what do you call it? he's like well my name's my name's woodrow and he's like well they, they call me cold um and there's a book that woodrow derenberger goes on to write called visitors from lanulos um i have a copy of it it's it's pretty good it's pretty weird yeah um in the sense that if you take everything in that book um because from it's his account of everything that happens uh through that period and and even a bit after um like they take him to the planet lanulos um and stuff like that so if you i mean heck if you take half of that book at face value you know let's say half of it was real and half of it was embellished right because unfortunately people tend to embellish we are imperfect creatures in that sense um it's still ground shaking in terms of its implications um but let's see where i was going with this um so that point in november 66 through uh late december 67 when the silver bridge collapses in point pleasant Mm -hmm. that entire period of time that that like 13 month period of time 
there's all sorts of craziness going on. Mothman sightings, UFO sightings, um, John Keel's down there, encounters with the men in black. It's all going on in this general like tri-state vicinity. Um, so fast forward now, we're in, talking Hellier. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're reading this point or this part in the secret cipher of the Euphonauts. Um, where Terry Rist is talking about how um, basically the whole Mothman thing was basically um, a distress call. All this weirdness that's going on is literally a distress call that like injured cold is pushing out into the universe because he wants his people to come back and pick him up. Like he's stranded. Yes. Basically. Basically. I'm I'm super Yeah, I mean you're getting you're getting there, yeah. yeah, getting the gist. Um and so in the narrative of Hellier, um a person who is believed to be terrorist, um, I at least have to hedge that phrase right. um because I don't know, um sends the new Kirks an email, um basically says Hellier was a symptom. The third order is MIA, um, and shit. Why well, I can't remember the rest of it. Um, the ink. It's the the ink and the oh boy. Alpha. Oh, the ink. The, the the ink and black is isolated still. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so so they interpret that email to mean that um, the weirdness that was going on in Hellier, Kentucky, was a similar kind of distress call. The third order which is um, a reference to like these ascended masters um, in, in that are referenced in the, in the secret cipher. Yes. Um, But they are basically, I think they're interpreted basically as the good guys. They're kind of aligned with Indrid cold, Mm -hmm. but that's basically who he was calling out to. Yes. Um, And that, that the ink and black one twelve equals ink and black. It's a numerological, kind of thing um there is actually now thankfully a very good website that you can go to you know input a phrase and get its numerical value and its uh like results uh from the um the book of the law it's a crowley thing oh okay um yeah so so ink and black when you add those letters up in this cipher that's a very particular cipher um, and it's not just that same one you get in the cereal box where A is one and B is two and C is three. Oh no, it it's is. It's, yeah. it's the yeah the the Fruit Loops secret cipher is is different from this one. Um, one twelve also equals into cold. Yes. So if you see ink and black, you can make that connection that they are the same thing. Um, so now get this. Um, just in the past couple of weeks. Um, in the um, Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult's Patreon page, yeah, um, they um, they've unveiled a new model, a prototype model, I should say, of the God Helmet, and I'll explain what the God Helmet is in a second. Um, but part, well, no, I guess I kind of have to explain it now. Okay, so the God Helmet is basically this thing that was developed by a guy named Doctor. Michael Persinger. And it is a contraption you wear on your head and it has magnetic coils in it. 
not electromagnetic, okay? Just magnetic. Um, and they discovered a way to use these, these little magnetic signals to basically um, trigger in a person's mind this, this feeling of like, uh, of like a religious experience. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, uh, yes, it's, it's, it's very, it's very, uh, everything like just, you know, just everything I've learned from Hellier is just, it's very interesting. It, it, it really is. Um, so, so we got dubbed the God helmet. Yes. Right? It makes you feel like you're meeting God, that kind of thing. So, um, the museum and the new Kirks, they basically got a hold of the only non laboratory version of the helmet that is out there. Um, and it's not so much the helmet. That's a big deal. Cause technically anybody could build the helmet. What you need is the software Yes, to send these signals in the right order to the coils on the helmet. So, get this in this patreon post that is describing the history of the god helmet what it's supposed to do these different resonances um that it's supposed to um uh reach supposedly um there's something called the schumann resonance right guy named schumann this is the last name um figured out that the earth kind of naturally has this um this resonance i don't know what else to call it there's this like seven hertz the frequency the frequency yeah um of seven hertz the human mind has a very similar resonance mm -hmm. um and I, I i copied a um a little paragraph out of here because what's going to be really weird here in a second um well i'll get there so this sh let me let me explain this like i'm doing a crap job right now no, um, no. the 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 human resonances are quasi standing wave electromagnetic waves that exist in like this atmospheric cavity in the earth not in the earth but inside the atmosphere of the earth i'm not talking like hollow earth theory here we're not going all shaver mystery yet caves um like waves on a spring they're not present all the time but have to be excited to be observed they're not caused by anything internal to the earth, its crust, or its core. They seem to be related to electrical activity in the atmosphere, particularly during times of intense lightning activity. They occur at several frequencies between 6 and 50 cycles per second. Specifically, 7.8 hertz, 14 hertz, 20 hertz, 26, 33, 39, and 45 hertz, um, with daily variations of about plus or minus half a Hertz. Um, so it's not half a rental car, I swear. <laughs> so long as the properties of Earth's electromagnetic cavity remain about the same, these frequencies remain the same. Presumably there's some change due to the solar sunspot cycle, which interestingly enough, we are just coming out of like the quietest sunspot cycle mm -hmm. in forever. Like sunspot cycles are starting to ramp back up. There's like this 11 year cycle of solar activity. Um, so <clears throat> there was a picture in this post, which I can't really show anybody here because it's a podcast. Um, <laughs> but they list at least the first three of these 
uh, resonant frequencies, mm -hmm. but they call them order. First order, second order, third order. Third order. So here, here's where we really start kind of getting into like my theory of what the flip is going on. Yeah. Um, at least a little bit. Okay. Yeah. The third order could just be like, you know, the international order of Oddfellows, right? It, it, it could just be a group. Um, I would argue that the third order are beings that exist at this resonant frequency. So they're just, they're kind of vibrating on a different frequency. Precisely. Yes. Precisely. Um, think about what we're able to see, what we're able to hear as humans. What we're able to see is actually a very narrow, narrow spectrum of a much greater electromagnetic spectrum. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't see radio waves. We can't see infrared. We can't really see ultraviolet. Um, and we can't see microwaves. We can't see gamma wave, uh, waves. Right. Can't see any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, what can we hear? Well, we can hear somewhere between i want to say it's about it's about 20 maybe 25 hertz on the low end mm -hmm. you know um up to i don't know you hit some of these oscillators it's 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 in you know probably the order of a couple of hundred megahertz right on the high end i don't know the exact high number so bear with me but but there are frequencies way above that there are frequencies way below that that we can't hear, mm -hmm. you know, stuff that dogs can hear and cats can hear and all that kind of other stuff. Um, so I, through all the reading I've done, I haven't even talked about, you know, like the idea of the trickster, um, yeah, yes. or, or some other <laughs> stuff. Cause we could certainly get to that. But, but where I'm going with this is literally everything is connected. I know that sounds hippy dippy. Um, and it, it's not just, on earth right because we've got you know mother earth and our ecosystem and hey we got to watch out for the planet because the yeah. planet, you know is maybe trying to get rid of us i'm not sure <laughs> um but i really believe everything is connected i believe this is going to sound crazy but what else are you expecting from me right now our universe is a living thing i think it is mm. a massive massive ecosystem and we are a very tiny part of it that can only see a tiny part of its whole. But I also believe that there are other things, entities, consciousness, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. who, who can see much bigger swaths of time and of space and who interact with us. Because they're on a different, they're on a different frequency to put it. They're on a different frequency. They can, let me let me let me put it this way and i want to say that it was john keel that kind of came up with this analogy so i'm going to give him credit for it you go outside and there's a bunch of ants going up and down the sidewalk right mm -hmm. right from the perspective of the ant right their worldview is way tinier than yours right you can see further down the line than the ant can see quite literally yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can literally see where that ant is going to be at, at a future point in time and space. Right. Okay. Um, you can do things to influence 
that ant at a future point in time and space. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Who's to say that there's not something, some one, um, a consciousness, a universal trickster, as it were, um, that can see where we're going in time and in space mm -hmm. and that may choose whether it's something that we're putting out with intention right we are changing our energy saying hey you know i i, I want to see something or um i need a new direction in life or whatever i mean it's like like the freaking uh god what was that book when we worked at barnes the secret yes right the power of positive thinking the right? board oh god um <laughs> right? That can sense that, that can see that, that can see the slices of the bread loaf of space and time. Yes. And go, oh, well here, I'm going to make a little tweak to this slice right here. They're not there yet, but when they get there, they're going to go that way. Yes. Instead Just of this way. Leaving us some, uh, some balloons. So you precisely. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Um, I think because one of the books that's referenced in season two of Hellier is a, it is a big and thick, but not horribly dense book, um, which is more of a study than uh -huh. it is say a novel called trickster and the paranormal, um, by a guy named George Hansen. Odd synchronicity about that. I've been reading it for a while. I put it down round about the time that we went down to Gallifrey one in LA um and i've i've had other books that i've wanted to read since getting back but just in the past couple of weeks george hansen is popping up like everywhere i see him referenced on tv i hear him referenced in a podcast huh. you know i had a friend reach out to me and i know he's into like psych rock and weird stuff and abandoned places and he goes and we were talking about we're both into vw buses and he he goes dude have you heard about this thing called hellier <laughs> And I just stop. And of course, he can't see me because this is texting. And I just get this big smirk on my face. And I'm like, have I heard about <laughs> hell here? Let me tell you what, brother. Yeah, right. Um, and then we get into this whole big discussion. And he, he's a big fan, too, and, and all that kind of stuff. But there is, I would say, ample evidence across multiple, multiple cultures for there to be this, I don't know what you want to call it, character entity energy that just likes messing with us yeah i mean that could that i could uh i could get behind that sounds interesting yeah and not just in like a like a malicious bully kind of way it's not like we're getting cosmic wedgies all the time yeah there's 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 your episode name cosmic wedgies <laughs> uh, but it the the trickster figure um is there to almost be absurdist in a way to kind of um, teach us lessons, show us morality. Yes. Um, that absurdity shakes up your worldview, shakes up your normalcy, helps you kind of see beyond that, um, you know, puts you through some frustrating times because that frustration shifts your perspective and helps you see stuff that, that is there that you wouldn't normally see. It's so strange. And I mean, really even the, even the trickster could be like, cause the trickster, I assume could see, can see everything 
on all wavelengths, just like kind of phasing things in and out of our existence, mm-hmm. which is just very uh, interesting to think about. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hear, I hear stories of, you know, people losing things like, you know, car keys or a tool or something. And it literally like a porting, it, it literally will appear like on their kitchen table two days later. Yeah. Um, weird stuff like that. It, I mean, it, one way you could look at it is you're like, well, it fell through a wormhole that just happened to move it, you know, 30 feet away two days later. So weird. Who am I to say no? You know, I, I, I don't know. I literally don't know. But could it be this trickster element? Could it be fairies? Could it be goblins? Could it be aliens? Are they all maybe just the same thing? Yeah, that's another interesting is maybe all of these things that we're seeing are are the same thing. Are they um are they Native American shapeshifters? <laughs> are they skinwalkers? Are they skinwalkers? Yeah. Um but 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 that is that kind of thing is that once you kind of take that step of going, "Hey, if we're able to look at these different disciplines, um, I, I'm just going to call them disciplines and, and see where they connect, where they overlap, where they meet. Well, then it makes it really easy to go, well, and I'm, and I'm going to quote the crazy man, Tyler Strand from hell year two, one man's angel is just another man's alien. Yes. You know, there's nothing to say that, all these different manifestations of weirdness of the phenomena aren't all the same thing, just appearing as something our brains can more easily interface with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's why you saw airships in the 1890s. It's why you saw saucers in like, you know, 45 and 52 and 66. And it's, it's why we see Tic Tacs today. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and, and, and it's why you saw giant flaming wheels in the sky in the Bible. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it takes a shape. Man. That you can click with, even if it scares the pants off, even if it abducts you. So, okay. But yes, it, Speaking of abduction, okay. If that's something, you know, if we if we think there are things that we cannot see that that are um, uh, vibrating on a different frequency, yeah. Could could alien abductions actually just be dreams from someone else on a different frequency? It, I, I would say very possibly. Um, and, and, and I'm not the first person to say this, but I agree with it. I think the final frontier of the paranormal are going to be our very own minds. Interesting. Um, because I think I've read a number of stories, um, of personal accounts of encounters with UFOs. I'll just use this as the example. There's a really great guy named Ryan Sprague. He does a podcast called Somewhere in the Skies. He's got a book by the same name. It's really well done. And Mm -hmm. in it is a story of, I want to say it's a mother and daughter 
who have this encounter with a UFO. Um, and um, the mother reports back that it's this very euphoric feeling that she's looking at this thing and it's amazing and it's beautiful. And the daughter who is right next to her at the same point in space in the same point in time is freaking out. It's a horribly negative thing. It's making this noise that is, that is causing her pain. Interesting. And it's very, because it, ca- yeah, causing, causing pain. I mean, if we're, you know, vibrating on a frequency that we're not supposed to be, I wonder. Totally. So let me tell just the very basic story of a guy named Terry Lovelace. Terry Lovelace um, in the 1970s was in the military, wanted some time off with a buddy of his. They were going to go off and go camping. They end up having this like huge abduction. Like this is like a, a UFO the size of a Walmart. Yeah, I'm looking at it right it, now. It's massive. Yeah, I've, his book, it's really good. Um, I've heard him tell his story on two separate podcasts. Um, and and it it just it literally scares me the way that he describes it. Oh, interesting. Um, it is it is very scary. Um, he's had implants. Um, he has had uh, implants removed, um, not by humans. Oh, um, yeah. Like they've taken it back, um, and he's got the X-rays to prove it. That's that's the really scary thing. Weird. Um, Oh yeah, I'm it, looking it's, at it's, pictures right now. This yeah, is... yeah. Incident at Devil's Den is a, is is a crazy book. I highly recommend it. But more recently than that, um, he now has like I don't remember if it's a Fitbit or an Apple Watch or just what, but he has a basically a um, like a Fitbit. Right. Right. So he was wearing it at night to track his sleep patterns. Oh, interesting. And, yeah. And so, like, one morning he gets up and he's just like, he's wiped. He, he's like, man, something something happened. I had a really bad night's sleep. So he goes to look at the stats. And, like, somewhere between, I want to say it was like 4 and 5 in the morning, mm-hmm. he went up six flights of stairs. Whoa, really? Yeah. Does he? Is there a picture of that somewhere? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, there is. And, and, it's, and it's one of those things where, like, the, these these wearables, like my Fitbit, hasn't said that I've gone upstairs in a month, right? Because we've been sheltering in place and we have a one story house. Yeah. When I was at work, it would be like, oh yeah, you've gone up and down, you know, this many flights of stairs. But here he was, six stories up in the middle of the night, according to his watch. That's so crazy. Like what the flip and flip? Where where is that? Um that oh, picture boy. is it on his Let is me, it on his uh on his site it should be or is it on his oh well, this hasn't been updated and he had twitter i think okay or somebody is pretending to be him i went to terry terry uh lovelace.com and i only see like about me and oh wait here yeah, we go yeah it was i was it was really it was more recent it was very recent I'm trying a quick Google image search and I'm not seeing it just yet. I'll have to maybe his Facebook possibly. Cause I know he's active on there. 
I'm going. Uh, I'm I'm here. I'm doing yeah, it. Go, t- go take a look because it it. I swear, here's the shot of like the 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 app interface of whatever you know Fitbit type thing that he's wearing, and you know flat 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 bar. That's flat, so flat, flat. crazy, like, dude. With no recollection. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. Okay. I don't. I don't see it. I'm not want to spend. Yeah. 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 Um. But but that's the. I mean we. We haven't even gotten into stuff like like well, what about the military? What about the government? Are they in cahoots? I mean, or do they are they just very in the dark about it? Are they being I, truthful? Where <laughs> they're like, we know, don't know. The funny thing is, is is they might be. I mean, we've we've basically since the the Tic Tac Gimbal and Go Fast videos have come out, and put aside all all the all the TTSA hullabaloo, you know, did Lou Elizondo work for DOD? Did he not just put all of that aside? Look at the videos for, for what they are. Look at the, the Navy coming out and saying, okay, there are things in our skies that we don't know what they are. And they pose a threat to national security. Yeah. Simple as that, you know, um, everybody waits for this like crazy White House lawn moment. I don't think we're ever going to get that, but we're we're going to get stuff like this. You know, they're not saying it's alien. They're not saying it's interdimensional. Not saying it's ultraterrestrial. Right. Right. Um, be, because they don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and they simply won't know. All they know is that it looked there's something weird in our skies. It doesn't look like anything that we know that anyone else possesses. Mm-hmm. And that that that's about as much as you can say yeah about it that's as much as you can figure out about it um but i think it's really compelling i think i think it's weird that just in the in the past month or month and a half that so much of the world has been basically Mm. sheltering in place and quarantined and on lockdown ufo sightings have increased oh have they they have interesting I was listening to something just today talking about that. Hmm. Um, now we are also getting stuff like uh, SpaceX's Starlink satellites that are up there and they are all kind of flying in a line together. And so a lot of people are mistaking that, but not all the sightings are that. Because right. at least SpaceX can say, look, no, this is where they are right now. And if you're on the other side of the planet going, dude, I'm seeing something. Yeah. SpaceX at least go, well, it ain't this. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I guess part of what I'm here to say is that if you want to go down a rabbit hole and hopefully have your perspective on everything radically altered, um, go watch Hellier. Go, yeah. go read some of these books that that they use as a reference material um in this documentary because a lot of this weird stuff connects i was what was i watching i was watching okay one of the things they talk about in hellier is that um one of the things john keel says that at times of high strangeness um what is frequently reported by people is something that they hear um is either a car door slamming uh-huh. or a baby crying yes okay seems like two weird things to be connecting with high strangeness. Yes. Right. Don't know why. Not too long ago, I watched um, 
a one of the Missing 411 documentaries um, called Missing 411, The Hunted. And um, despite the dramatic title, um, <laughs> part of one of the stories they profile is up here in the Sierra Nevadas um, at a very remote site where these Bigfoot calls um, that are referred to as the Sierra Sounds. Oh, okay. Were first reported. That's something you can look up and listen to. Um, those 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 recordings are out there, um, and they are fascinating. Interesting. Um, so this this spot, it's not a spot you can drive to. It is it is like half a day's hike. So you are far away from cars. But sure enough, in this missing four one one documentary where they are talking about this, and one of the original people who was there to record the Sierra sounds. He's like, yeah, it was weird. I hear this car door slam, and there's no cars up here. Yeah, boy. All this stuff is connected. Yes. So we don't see it. The trick is looking in the right places, catching certain things and going, oh, wait, there's a car door. There's a car door. There's a car door. There's a car door. And then you get this body of evidence, you know, or, you know, here's the story of a baby crying in a cave, right? Yeah. Here's the story of you know, you hear these, you get this body of evidence to go, okay, all these can't, it can't be that all these people are just crazy because what does that say about our entire planet? If we are all that crazy? <laughs> yes. Yes. If there is a <laughs> you know? certain body of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so it, it is, it's very easy to start going down a rabbit hole. And I encourage people, if they want to go down that rabbit hole, not to necessarily do it on YouTube because you want to talk disinformation. You want to talk about people just making crap up to get clicks. There's going to be a lot of that out there. Oh, yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of respectable research out there. Um, I definitely encourage everyone to just trust their guts in terms of what they find believable. Yeah. Um, I've listened to a lot of podcasts for a while and then they really kind of go off the deep end and it's like not extra weird per se but now it's like you know oh deep state illuminati kind of pulling all these strings and i'm like oh okay <laughs> you guys keep doing your thing you know, or it's like, oh, everything's demonic and only the power of Christ can save us. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going <laughs> to dump on religion. I'm not going to dump on, you know, demonologists or anything. Right, right. But, but there is a point. It's why I kind of can't stand ghost adventures anymore. I've loved that show for a long time. Yeah. But you go watch it now and it's like everything's a demon. <laughs> everything's a dark entity. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> One big thing through all of this that has been drilled into my mind, you want to talk about the same kind of terminology popping up time and time and time again, which is the universe telling me something, telling me to pay attention to something, right. is the power of intention. If, if you come at a haunted object or a haunted place and your intention is like, hey, yeah, we're going we're gonna to shout at some ghosts, so we're going to show them what for. Yeah. You're going to get angry, shouty stuff back at you. Yes. Um, if you go to something and you're like, look, we we need to talk to this thing and we need to try and interact with it because we need to understand it. We don't need to fear it. We need to understand it. It may take a while, 
but you're going to get a different result. And I can say that because I've watched it happen. Yeah. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, if nothing else, it's more fun to believe. It is. It really is. It's fun to go down, uh, you know, to watch all the documentaries and go down deep, deep cryptozoology, Wikipedia. Oh God, there's some great <laughs> stuff out there. There are some really obscure ones, you know, um, you know, Florida's got the skunk ape. There's the uh, Loveland Frogman. Yes. Which I want to say is Loveland, Ohio, not Loveland, Colorado, but I could be wrong on that. Um, Ohio, huh? You know, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure it's Ohio. Interesting. Um, you know, there's there's the, the, the Chicago Mothman sightings that have happened. There's Mount Shasta. Yeah, man. There's so you much know, great... There's, there's the, the, the supposed Lemurians who live under Mount Shasta. Yes. Um, all sorts of crazy stuff that's out there. Um, don't, and you know, you know, the one word I haven't said this entire recording mm. Roswell. Yeah. Haven't even said Roswell. No, well, you just that, did though. <laughs> well, I know, I know, I know. Oh, well, edit that out. No, I'm, no. I'm, you know, it's the JFK incident of ufology i think i think we're so far removed from it there's been so much back and forth that i don't know that we'll ever know exactly what happened yeah i don't think we will either you know but much in the same way that the whole mothman thing in point pleasant has basically given this rather small small town um you know something a folklore for it to latch onto and to actually bring tourists in yes to to kind of you know financially revitalize the town look at roswell roswell's really the middle of nowhere yeah and so far as new mexico is concerned right yes it, it it would hardly be a blip on the map if it didn't have this legend to hold on to and to bring people in in terms of tourism huh. i'm not i'm not saying that that's necessarily like what what the 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 trickster and the elementals and the whatever right is intending but that is a side result of it assuming that you know that spot on the map chooses to embrace it hmm. yeah interesting weird thing to think of huh yeah very weird oh boy yeah and there's i mean my god i i feel like there's so many things that i could touch on and talk about but then i feel like i'd have to start doing a deep dive on it and i just i don't even know where i would go <laughs> yeah I don't even know where i would go area 51 everyone go go research area 51 yes if nothing else enjoy the the mythology of the place and you, you know what i will say this there is an excellent book um that a lady named annie jacobson wrote about area 51 about its actual history and how some of the actual, like, honest to goodness, you know, test bed stuff they were doing out there led to UFO sightings and stuff. So it's not so much a UFO book. Right. But it is still a very fascinating read, and I will highly recommend that book. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could talk about this for uh, an entire other podcast. 
So we probably could, and and I'll be honest, I will I will probably get off this recording. I'll probably you know plunk down in front of the TV watching some Oak Island, and I'll go, oh man, I should have brought up such and such. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the open forum, so if we want to talk about it again, we can. We yeah, can always just leave yeah. this open as the what. <laughs> Do you still like the sequel could be, do you still want to talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And the answer will be yes, because there's yes, so much to talk about on, on this subject. Um, well, thanks Taylor. This was fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Uh, where can the people find you? You have to do your own plugs on this show. Oh, I do? Okay. Well, let's see. <laughs> uh, I'm on the socials as blue box UFO. Uh, it's the instas and the twitters. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, the instas is probably more me working on my bus. Yes. Um, the twitters is a bit more the weird and the woo, um, but it is out there. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you can listen to me on Podcastica here on notlg.com. You can also listen to me talking with my brother about our memories from the 80s and 90s on If Memory Serves. Yeah. Also here on the network. Yes. Um, and yeah. Go, go look up Hellier. Go watch Hellier if you haven't. Yes, abs- absolutely go watch that. It is uh, fantastic. I totally absolutely is. love it. Um, so uh, this has been uh, What Do You Want to Talk About? And we will see you guys next episode. This has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit notlg.com.